Hello, and welcome to The Tripper Change, a weekly podcast hosted by Jackie Robinson and produced by Dana Bach, with some of the top thought leaders in the areas of voting rights, intergenerational conversation, news, and feature interviews with industry leaders. Our goal is to provide listeners with key takeaways and actionable advice for having a better understanding of the people we live with. We focus on several areas critical to getting along with others in a diverse world. By you listening to our Trip of Change podcast, we hope to create a better world for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren now and into the future. Let's start the show. Hello, 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 and good Saturday morning. This is Trip of Change podcast, the podcast, uh, the Jackie Robinson show. I'm Jackie Robinson. And I welcome people to our podcast. We have an exciting show lined up for today. And I hope that uh, there is some information that you will be able to get out of today's podcast. I have an amazing guest lined up all the way from Nigeria. That's right. Uh, This young lady is um, streaming with us live from Nigeria. And so we'll bring her on to the show in just a few moments. Um, In the meantime, there is a lot of information going on on our website, on our website here at tripofchangepodcast.com. And we invite you to go out there and take a look at some of the articles that we have posted. Uh, Tomorrow, is Juneteenth. And if you don't know what Juneteenth is, we've got an article posted out there on our website uh, for Juneteenth. And also today's podcast is in honor of Mrs. Doris Hollis Pemberton, a woman that I admire very much who wrote a book called Juneteenth at Comanche Crossing. I'll have some more information about her in just a moment. And then also there are some additional articles out there on our website, tripofchangepodcast.com. Also, you will uh, see the schedule of upcoming podcast guests. Yes, we have several podcast guests lined up uh, in July and August. So go on out to the website and take a look at that uh, when you get an opportunity. Yes. And so, um, also, um, I want to, uh, give a special, um, thought out to Dana. Dana is dealing with some health issues right now. Um, and we know that it is a special time for her to be able to spend, doing the things that she loves and that's visiting national parks and being with her families. And so we wanted to just let you know, Dana, we love you. And anytime you get an opportunity to come back on the show, we would love to have you. And so a special shout out to Dana Bach, the producer of the Triple Chain 
uh, podcast show. So yeah, that's for, for uh, Miss Dana. And so also we'll have a special announcement for upcoming show that will be uh, uh, live streamed from New York City. That's right uh, for Caribbean Heritage Month. Caribbean Heritage Month. We'll have some inf- more information about that. And I want to also add to the stream this disclaimer because we're going to be showing you some things about Nigeria. And we want to make sure that the information regarding disclaimer is displayed. Um, We take no responsibility for the information that you see on other websites. That's our disclaimer. Okay. And also, also, um, In the last, I would say, mm, couple of weeks, the direction of Triple Change has changed just a little bit. And I wanted to share with the audience just exactly what Triple Change is. And so um, I wanted to share this in that Trip of Change actually came about as something that I had been feeling for a long time as I traveled and as I uh, journeyed through life. And so trip is either a mental or physical place where we visit. Of is expressing the relationship between a part and a whole and change mind, body, spirit, and environment. Wherever we happen to be on our journey, change is constant with every tick of the clock. Change is colored gold for we are now living our life like it's golden. If you're not, then you should be. And I'm hoping that the things that we share here on Triple Change about other people in other countries will be helpful uh, to you. And so um, uh, uh, in celebration, in celebration of Juneteenth, which is a national holiday here in the United States, which represents the emancipation of the slaves. Um, I wanted to uh, give a special honor to Mrs. Doris Hollis Pemberton. In 1986, I was the executive assistant to the executive director of the Houston Area Urban League. Oh, that was kind of back in the day. Um, it was called Hall, H-A-U-L, rather. Um, and Mrs. Pemberton was living about three blocks down the street from the Hall headquarters. And I'm not exactly sure how I met Mrs. Pemberton, um, but she befriended me and started to invite me to her house for lunch. It was a massive house. You can imagine um, having been born in 1917 and lived through uh, some presidents um, and finally being married to the honorary consul of Liberia, uh, they had established themselves quite well um, in the Houston area. Well, she befriended me and we would have lunch together and she would share many stories, uh, uh, historical stories about her time in politics and and her civic duties to the community. Her house, huge and old as it was, was filled with books, 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 books everywhere. And photos covered practically every wall 
uh, in her house. Um, there were vintage ball gowns, jewelries, and furs in her private suite. I really, really enjoyed having the opportunity uh, to meet Mrs. Pemberton. Her stories were amazing to listen to, um, especially the one about her being the first black reporter to re uh, to cover rather the state democratic national convention in ten in texas in 1944 um and so i am blessed to have met mrs pemberton and honored to call her an ancestor uh, she was 69 years old when i met her and 73 years young um, when she transitioned. So that's uh, Mrs. Doris Hollis Pemberton. Uh, so little, moving a little bit on from Mrs. Pemberton, I wanted to also talk about the history of Nigeria. Nigeria has really evolved into a place where you can find fashion and food and a lot of Americans that have moved to Nigeria. And we'll be talking to uh, Portia Steele in just a second here, who will be talking about her transition from America to Nigeria. But on Netflix, there is a documentary called Made by Design. And it highlights African creative talent. Um, and there are 13 episodes or 13 parts to this documentary. I started watching it and I was fascinating, fascinated rather um, with this um, uh, a historical site called the Freedom Park of Lagos, which used to be a ruin. It actually is a ruin now. It was a prison established by the British when they had control over Nigeria. And so if you're traveling to Nigeria, this is a, 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 a suggested spot that you may want to take a look at that has historical value dating back to centuries ago. Um, and so that's what Triple Change is about, is allowing you an opportunity to learn about places and spaces that you can check out uh, during your travels. So that's Freedom Park in Lagos, Nigeria. And so I want to now bring up, oh, also before I get to um, Ms. Porsche, there are fashions that are being highlighted in, in Nigeria as well. I love these fashion. Girl, I would wear that yellow skirt. I would wear that yellow skirt, wouldn't you, Porsche? Yes, I would. Okay, well, let me go back and take a look at it again, okay? That is cute. Isn't yes. that cute? I even like this pants set. It is that, that was interesting. Yes, yes. I even pull that off. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I'm glad I've got you on the show because I want to talk about some of the things in Nigeria that a lot of people may not know or may not understand about like their fashions and like this fabulous hotel um that's available in Nigeria and some of the other things that you have discovered since you transitioned to Nigeria. And so I want to introduce uh, Miss Portia and I can, I'm going to say Mystique Steele. 
um, who is a black American woman living in Nigeria, helping indie authors create and publish while podcasting, girl, speaking, coaching, and writing globally. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, yes. Thank you, Miss Jackie. Yes. I'm so excited to have you all the way from Nigeria. You know, um, that means Triple Change has gone international, girl. <laughs> it should. It yeah. should. I mean, come on. It's such an amazing show. So I'm glad to be on it. It's Thank really you very honor. much. And your story is fascinating as I started to do a little research for having you on and it talks about you being a business owner, a motivational speaker and a publisher. Um, can you kind of share with me how that came about? Yes. Um, honestly, three years ago, I was doing nothing with my life. I was living in a household that kind of stifled my ability to grow. Um, it was one of those situations where you kind of just acclimate or assimilate, I should say, sorry, you assimilate to the the desires and the thoughts of the head of the household. So you lose your identity. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you like. Um, and through that, there has been a lot of trauma dealt and handled by me. <laughs> you know, I, I had to kind of handle some of that in order to survive. And we got to a breaking point, uh, at least my older sister did. And, you know, we, we were well into our adulthoods. I'm 29 now, so this is when I was 26. Okay. And no, no life. I didn't go to college, even though I did great in high school. I ended up giving up one of my scholarships and giving up the ability to go to college. I wasn't dating. We weren't really allowed to go out or it was strongly discouraged for us to go out and have a social life. So I didn't do anything. Um, so it kind of snowballed into a situation where I was secretly dating a guy online for five years. And this guy was a Nigerian. Okay. <laughs> so my older sister, she had reached a breaking point in, in her life and dealing with some situations that was like physical abuse and things like that. And so she asked me if we could just pack up and go. And I was afraid, but I did. And we left in the middle of the night. Um, and it was just she and I, and we had this nest egg that I had saved up because I, while secretly dating this guy online, I was actually secretly working as an editor, an editor okay. a freelance editor and a freelance writer. So I'm building up my skills and I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. So I wasn't spending any of the money I was earning. So I, it was just like stacking up. Um, so we used that money and we left in the middle of the night. And three months later, I went ahead and was like, well, I, I was planning it already while I was in the house and I didn't know how it was going to leave. I was already planning to leave. I just didn't know how. But after we left, three months later, I got on a plane to come meet the guy that I had been dating because I wanted to see if we would vibe in person, you know? Like, That's a long way to go to see if you would vibe. Because <laughs> <laughs> you yes, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to get on a train and just go back home. <laughs> yes. And what I didn't know was COVID was right around the corner. So I really was stuck. You know, there were no flights coming and going. So I ended up really being stuck in Nigeria. But I didn't see it as stuck because what happened was the day I arrived, he had proposed to me. On the and very the, same day? The very same day. Because he is a medical student. So he was taking exams in a different state. 
eight, so he wasn't. His oldest brother and his cousin, his cousin who had become my best friend over the years, they had picked me up from the airport, took me to the hotel. I'm on the phone with him. I'm like, where are you? He says, I'm sorry, I'm five or I'm three hours away. Uh, I'll be there as soon as I can. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, I waited five years. I can wait three hours. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we go to the lobby. lobby. Yes, right. We go down to the lobby, me and the cousin, and she's asking me if I'm hungry. And I'm like, girl, my stomach is in knots. I'm nervous. I think the feed in Nigeria. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay, she stands from the she stands from the couch and over in the corner I see him. He's standing there. He lied. He wasn't three hours away. He was there the whole time. Okay. He was taller than I expected and way more handsome than what the video, like we video chatted and stuff. Way more handsome in person. So I run and I jump on him and he spins me around and then he gets down on one knee. He proposes. I say yes. We get married three months after that, and I never left. <laughs> <laughs> so then you were able to get um, citizenship as being a spouse to a Nigerian. It's not a citizenship, but I did get permanent residency. So okay. I do have my green card, but in order to get citizenship, they say that I have to be fluent in his native tongue, which is Igbo. And I am not fluent in Igbo, so I do not have my citizenship. Okay, but you have your uh, residency card. Yes, ma'am. My, my permanent how, residency. How was, okay, card. how was the flight going over? I mean, because that's like how many hours? 18, 24, 32 hours? Okay, <laughs> and who, who did you fly on? Okay, I flew um, Delta because there was okay. a there was a layover in um, in the UK. So I flew Delta from LAX to uh, Heathrow Airport, and then from Heathrow to Lagos was British Airways. Um, the first I, I did travel back home once since I've been in Nigeria. The first time, the flight was only like fourteen. It was fourteen hours in total, right? So I think it was like four hours from LAX to Heathrow. And then the remainder was at seven hours from Heathrow to Lagos. Okay. Um, the second time I, I traveled back home for the holidays, I stayed with my sister. And when I came back, it was the same, except there was a 13 hour layover in the UK during COVID. It was okay. terrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Crazy. So you, you you were fine with Delta? Yes, I loved it. I mean, okay, that nest egg that I saved up allowed me to splurge. So I booked the first class ticket. So okay. I, not first class, it's business class. I business booked class. business class. Okay, okay. The first time coming to Nigeria. So it was amazing. Right, okay. And because it gives you more leg room, you know, you get, and now they're going back to hot meals. Um, yeah, yes. it's, it's, it makes a difference um, from uh, sitting in the more, uh, the smaller section when you can go mm -hmm. bu business class. I guess so. I just know I'm never going to do it again. No, no matter how much money I have, I'm never going to purchase a business ticket again because I don't think the experience is worth it. It's, it's, it makes me feel special. You know, that was nice. And yes, I have more leg room, but um, when I was going and coming again, 
I flew economy and I was still comfortable. I was fine. I still got my hot meal. I still had a nice, I had nice food. I had a window seat right on the wing. Like it was still really nice. And I didn't spend two to three thousand dollars over, you know. And you so know, and, and that's a good that's a good point to make because the other thing too is is how many people are actually on the flight, you know, how much room do you actually have? Yeah. You know, and going that length of service, you know, they're gonna feed everybody, you know, you just might not get it first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think it was that different. And this was like right after flights had opened back up during COVID. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of people there. So I was still able to like lay down. In the, in the three seats I was going this yeah. way. Yeah. So I, was, I still enjoyed it. I don't think I'm ever going to do business class again. Unless okay. like I'm like, pregnant or like if I'm pregnant, a pregnant woman should fly business, I think, because there's less space in the economy and she could be uncomfortable. I think for most people, they would just have to weigh the consequences and, you know, and fit it into their budget, you know, especially depending upon mm -hmm. the length of where they want to go. You know, maybe uh, I think I... Uh, uh, one of the flight attendants I met had told me that uh, first class should be reserved for miles over 900. If you fly in net less than 900 miles, it's not necessary to, you know, to pay the extra to fly first class, but on some mm -hmm. of the other flights, you know, business class, or like you say, economy class, when you can make it work, it's whatever fits into your budget. But girl, exactly. how did it feel like the first time you stepped foot into Africa? Here, for me, it's such a huge blur, actually, because I was dealing with so many emotions. So I, I was coming to see a guy I'd never met. So I was nervous out of my mind, never been on an airplane before. So I was still kind of rattled from stepping off of an airplane. Wow. <laughs> and then I'm in a new country seeing people that I've never met before. So there was a lot of emotions happening. But I remember stepping into the airport and I was wearing this bright yellow outfit because he my husband said that his favorite color was lemon so i i decided the first time he's gonna see me i'm gonna be in bright yellow turns out lemon in nigeria is actually green lemons in nigeria are green not yellow so my husband's favorite color is green not yellow but <laughs> but i had this bright yellow outfit on yellow Yes, yeah, so I had this bright yellow outfit on and I'm stepping out so I'm like the freaking sun in the middle of the airport. And the one thing about Nigerian workers is that I love them. But when they know that you're from America, immediately they look at you like a dollar sign. So they're coming to you and they have like tro the trolleys and stuff. So I have a bunch of people coming over. Auntie, auntie, let me help you. Let me help you here. Let me do this for you because they think I'm going to tip them. I'm so new to all of this. I don't have a single Naira in my hand. I just got a card that I know I can use in a different country. Thank you, Capital One. So I know I okay. can use an okay. ATM okay. in different countries. So I have no cash. So they're like, Auntie, Auntie, let me help you. Let me help you. And I'm like, They're okay. calling you Auntie? Yes, Auntie, Auntie or Madame or Ma. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, sure. I'm like bewildered. You can help me. And then, I I didn't know that my phone would stop working. I thought that once I came to the country, maybe I would like my calls would just be more expensive. So I knew I was going to call my brother-in-law 
he wasn't my brother-in-law at the time, but now he is. I was going to call him and say, hey, I'm at the airport. Where are you guys? Because I knew my husband wasn't picking up. So um, I'm trying to call him on my, I had a total wireless, you know, the, the Walmart plan. Okay. Um, and it's like, sorry, you're not in the area. You're not getting any service. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. So the one woman, she was like, she looked like she was due any day. She was very pregnant. She comes over and she asks if I need help. And I'm like, can I use your phone? So I use her phone. I call my brother-in-law and he's like, just follow the signs and you'll see me at the front. So I did. I saw him. I saw my cousin. I hugged them. I kissed them. I'm so happy. And when, the moment I step outside, that sun, oh my gosh, the sun was so... I don't know if it was because of me and I'm used to it now and I've spent time in California. So I'm used to a really hot sun. Okay. But when I stepped outside, that sun felt like something else. Like the heat was just intense. It was intense. It was very intense. Yeah. It was very intense. So I was like, wow, it was hot. And then I saw a guy carrying stacks of cash and I'm like, what is he doing? And the cousin had to explain to me that he's exchanging money. People who want new, clean money will exchange their dirty bills for the new one. I'm like, okay, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, VA. You don't walk around with money like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you're seeing all this, and this is your first experience. Yes, yes. And then the uh, the traffic was something else. But, you know, I've spent time in L.A., so I'm, I'm used to it. But uh, it still was just like crazy. People, the way they blow their horns, it's and they use it to all speak. Sides. All sides. There's no order. There's no order. Everybody's just kind of doing their own thing, doing what they want to do. And so you got people horning every once in a while. And I thought people were horning because they're mad. In America, when somebody blows their horn, you either did something wrong or they need to get your attention so you can move out of the way or something. In Nigeria, they do it like they're speaking to each other. It's a way to communicate. <laughs> Explain so far has definitely been some trips of change, girl. Those have been some trips of change. Okay, yeah. so when you got there, how were the people, you know, because, okay, but you had your fiance, you know, and then you married him, but uh, assimilating into, you know, his family, the other women, you know, and his friends, how, I mean, how was that? Um, it was so interesting. But good, because immediately his family took me as their own. Like I had no, and I know some some foreign women tend to have problems assimilating to a Nigerian family. But me, I had no problems. I think it was because the way I was raised. So, you know, I was respectful. I was kind, but I'm also talkative. So I'm a people person. So I'm really comfortable in different situations. Right. So um, it was it was not a problem. Like my mom, my mother-in-law was immediately like my Nigerian mama. She she's my mom. That's my mommy. And like the moment I saw her, even though we had spoken on camera and video back in America, I saw her. It was just like she reminds me so much of my grandmother. 
Like I like their energies are the same. So I really connected with her with ease. And then my my husband is one of uh, seven. So there's his six siblings. So each of their siblings I connected okay. with on a completely different level. And I created really great relationships with them. So the family, it was easy. His friends was different. Um, because I would find myself in moments where I feel like I can't really be myself because at the beginning, all they want to do is just ask me questions about America and how I'm liking Nigeria. You know, <laughs> it was like, every time I see somebody new, I'm answering the same questions. Okay. Like, what do you think about Nigeria? How is America? Like people ask me, well, how can I get to America? Or why are you here? Shouldn't you and James, my husband's name is James. Shouldn't you and James go back to America? Why do you guys want to stay here? So it, at the beginning, I was just like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm getting tired of answering the same questions over and over. I just want to be in Nigeria. Like I just right. want to be here. Right, right. Uh, so that was difficult. It took some time. But after a while, I was like, forget it. I'm me. I'm going to be who I am. So, you know, let me just maneuver how I maneuver. Um, some of his friends became my friends and, and it worked, but I had to, at the beginning, I had to be very careful when we would go to like the market or something, because when we go to market, you haggle for your prices. That price that they say it is never accepted, always negotiate. So okay. yeah, that rule number one, when you go to market, always negotiate. And I guess, so, there's some, I guess there's some fun in that too. Once you get used to doing it. It is fun. I love handling. It's incredible. But here's the thing. When I first came, I would, the market is so busy. There's so much noise. It's like, it's really easy to get caught up. So my husband, when I went, he said, don't say anything. Now I'm not used to not speaking. I'm a speaker. <laughs> so he's like, just don't talk. And I'm like, okay. And I found out later why is because when you look at me, you think I'm Nigerian. If I'm just walking down the street, nobody will bat an eye because I look Nigerian. The moment I say something, right, they're like, oh, she's American. So they'll hike up the prices on my right, husband. Right. So he's trying to haggle for something <laughs> and they're raising the prices because okay. they know that I'm a foreigner. So that wasn't fun. Because <laughs> you, you couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything. And like when we would go somewhere, we didn't have a car at the time. You know, we had we had nothing. My husband's a student. I just I just came from another country. We both was broke. We had no money. So we're in the public transport. And, you know, it, it's, it's just where people are trying to talk to me. They're speaking in Igbo because I'm in Enugu where it's mainly Igbo people. So they're, we're speaking that people are speaking that language and they look at me. They think I'm Nigerian. So they're speaking to me in Igbo and I can't tell them. I don't know what you're saying. Right. So I have to like call my husband. <laughs> like if he's far away, like say something. So are, you, are you learning the language? I am. And the funny thing is the most, the things that I do know off top of my head are just the things that I hear from my husband. My husband is Igbo, but he speaks because of the profession he's in and the school he goes to, he speaks English most of the time. So we don't, he doesn't go around every day speaking Igbo. So I don't hear it like in sentences, but what I do hear in Igbo are the, the like the little insults that we throw at each other. Like if I'm like, oh, shut up, you're a jerk, go away, leave me alone, you're being silly. Those are the things that I know in Igbo. Okay. So I can't just go out and tell people to shut up because that's the thing I know how to say in Igbo. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, 
So you get over there to Nigeria, you marry your husband. He's a he's a student, okay, and and you on the hustle, okay, yes, okay. So so how did you discover this publishing, and and then transitioning into being a business owner and getting the support necessary, you know, in in this country? Yeah. So definitely I was, I was doing a lot of hustling uh, as a freelancer on Upwork. So I was taking all these different gigs, editing and writing gigs, but I am very um, personal and, and intimate in the work that I do. So when somebody tells me that they have a manuscript that they need edited, I really have that conversation. I dive deep and I want to know who they are. Why are they writing this? And I'm, I'm obsessed with literature. So it's like, I, I have a back door to who you are as an author. I need to step through that door because like I get I get that. Nobody else gets that. And I love that. Um, so because of that, I was able to build meaningful relationships with authors. And over time, some of those relationships created like like one of the authors that I work with is now like my big brother. He and okay. I do a podcast together. And it was him who taught me so much stuff about how to be an adult. Because when I, when I came to Nigeria, this is the first time I had to be an adult. Like I was in a household where we weren't really allowed to do anything. So I didn't know who I was as a woman. And then I immediately jumped into a marriage. So here I am trying to figure out who I am as a person, who I am as a wife, and who I am as an American living in a different country, trying to get used to the culture. Right. And it was through him, his name is Laquan Johnson. It was through Laquan that I learned a lot about being a black woman, which is interesting because he's a black man. Like how can he teach me? But our conversations led to that through his experiences. Is um, he from the States too or from Nigeria? Yeah, no, he's from, he's the from Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn, yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> so... It, he taught me about investing. He taught me about generational wealth. He taught me about, like, I learned so much from him. Then because of him, I met Samira Rashid, who is now my business mentor. She's an incredible woman. And she has a similar story to mine about how she grew up. And because of her and uh, other people that I met, like Scott, and I can't think of his last name, but Scott Harrell. Scott Harrell is an incredible guy. And he's a, he owns a business consulting group. These people that I met, I developed relationships with them okay. and they became friends. And it was through their knowledge, their support and their encouragement that I was able to have, number one, I learned how to have conversations in a marriage. I didn't even know that was a thing you had to learn, but I learned how to have conversations in a marriage with my husband. So we worked on our communication and um, I got to a point in my business where I'm like, I, we need to do something more. This is great, what I'm doing right now. But one of the authors that I worked with, he had been publishing his book for four years and he asked me to edit it and I did. Then after he said, help me publish it, I said, I don't know how. So I went online and I was like, let me find out how. So I did, I researched, I got mentors. I hopped into the DMs of anybody who would have the information that I needed. I learned how to self-publish online. I published his book. Then I went on to publish Sandra Queen. Quilan Villain's book and the tears that 
came to their eyes when I told them that their books were live was so meaningful to me that I knew that I had to do this for the rest of my life. Editing was not it. That could not be the end. I had to do more. So through Scott, through Tamira, through Laquan, and through my husband, I decided it's time. So we birthed Mystique Rose Publishing Services. And the I had worked with other freelancers over the years. And I said, hey, guys, I'm about to do something crazy. I need you to hop on this team with me so we can reach more people, so we could change more lives. So I built this team of editors, ghostwriters, cover creators, formatters, managers, and I put them all together. Okay. And we are running Mystique Rose Publishing. It was hard. You know, anytime you decide to do a business, it takes sacrifice. So me and my husband were broke for like months trying to get Mystique Rose off the ground. But my husband was willing to do like that in and of itself was amazing that he was willing to make that sacrifice with me. Because Did you use an online collaboration tool like Zoho to manage all of these people? I mean, we use Trello. Trello. Okay. Yes. That is the productivity platform that we use, but we not, we don't use that. I don't use that to manage the team members. I use that to manage the projects. Okay. So our team members, we're all connected through WhatsApp. Like we just be talking on WhatsApp and then we do zoom parties every once in a while. So okay, Okay. we stay close and everybody's like connected and it's like a big old family and it just works for us. Yeah, because that's important, especially for people who are considering moving to another country. The fact that if they want to continue to freelance or start a new business, you know, how is the Internet connection and will they be able to connect to other people? You know, and how do you do that? And the fact that you're using Trillo, you know, that's one way to stay connected with people, because sometimes, too, you're in different time zones um, and to be able to you know, post information about what's coming up, what's tasks, who need to do what, what time they need to do it, and when they need to get done. That makes it a lot easier. It is difficult, but the one thing we don't do is we don't work on time. We work on days. Okay. So we don't give people a time to have something done. We just say end of day, whatever day, whatever time that is for you, that is for me, doesn't matter. So yeah. we just do days. This is the day it's due. So you just make sure it's done before that day. We don't work on time. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So have you met other um, American women that uh, have transitioned to uh, Nigeria? Um, and, you know, how, how have you developed your immediate circle? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so the first year that I was in Nigeria, I felt myself getting very lonely and feeling incredibly isolated because my husband is a medical student. So he is at school and at the clinic all day, every day, except for Sunday. So that means I am by myself in the apartment way too often. So I decided to Google search American women in Nigeria. And it took me to Niger Wives. So Niger Wives is an organization of foreign women, not just American, but foreign women who married Nigerian men and are living in Nigeria. What's it called? Niger Wives? Yes, Niger Wives. And so um, I decided, I sent them an email. I became part of the organization. Now I'm the, uh, the vice secretary of the organization. And it, it just, it was so incredible because 
it really allowed us to come together and share our experiences. But I didn't know that this was going on back in the 70s. So starting from some of these women have been in, in Nigeria longer than my husband has been alive. Okay. <laughs> One of them is Jill Dike. She is an author and she's an American. She's from Indiana. Okay. But she spent most of her life, well, most of her adult life in Nigeria here. So it's so great connecting with Jill. There's another woman, her name is Shema. She was originally born in Morocco, but she grew up in America. She also lives here in Nigeria. So there are about 50 plus women in this state, but I think the organization were several hundred, several hundred of foreign women who moved here. And a good, a good handful of us are American. Okay. And okay. So that's good to have you know, to be able to have sisterhood the in the spirit of sisterhood, be able to connect um, yes. and not lose some sight of, of where you come from, especially, you know, having going through, you know, changes of acclimating yourself um, in a different environment, among different people, among different cultures, the language. Um, the food and all of those things, but it sounds like to me you got it covered. I do. <laughs> I, I I tell people honestly, I think I uh, enjoy living in Nigeria more than I enjoy living in the U.S. Really? Yeah, but I think I'm biased. You know, I didn't really live in the U.S. I spent my time in a house most of the time. The only time I left is when I would go grocery shopping every week. So I don't even know what it's like to be an adult in America. I established my life and my adulthood in Nigeria. So at times I feel like more Nigerian than I am American. Okay. Okay. Because you've established a lot more history with the time that you've, that you've spent, that you've spent there. Uh, where okay. else would you like to travel or where are, are there any other African countries that you've been to or would like to I go to? Haven't. Yes, I would like to go. And I haven't been anywhere else yet. I've only been in the U.S. and I've been in Nigeria. But here's the plan. The plan is for us to travel to Tunisia. I want to go to Tunisia because there's this beach that I've seen that looks absolutely incredible. And it's also really inexpensive in U.S. dollars. So I want to go there. And <laughs> another reason I chose is because neither my husband and nor I need a visa to go. So I don't have a Nigerian passport. So I can use my U.S. passport to go and stay for some days without a visa. He could use his Nigerian passport to go and stay some days without a visa. So I want to go to Tunisia. I also want to go to Egypt because I've always been an Egypt fanatic. I'm not an Egyptologist. I used to want to be when I was younger. So <laughs> I really want, I want to go to Egypt. I want to go to Ghana. Um, one of the, our former president of Niger Wise and Inugu, she's from Ghana and she talks about it all the time. And I'm like, I see it and people are always traveling to Ghana. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks amazing. I want to go. I want to go to South Africa, but I was hesitant because there was a period in South Africa when xenophobia was really rampant, going rampant. on. Yes, really rampant. And so they were just killing Nigerians for no reason. So I was I was kind of scared to go to South Africa. It doesn't it seems to be calmed down now, okay. but still, I'm still kind of concerned. I'm not sure I want to deal with that. But yeah, that's just Africa. My husband wants to go to Brazil for whatever reason. I have no idea, but he wants to go to Brazil. <laughs> 
So I figured we traveled there. I want to travel to Japan. God, anywhere that I can go is where I want to go. You know, and that's the thing. A lot of people are are getting out. Um, I I read about and see a lot of people that have visited 95 countries or 125 countries, you know, and while you can, you and your husband can get out there and rack up stamps and and go to all these various places. I'm going to keep in touch with you because you've named a lot of places some people I know and I know would love to visit. And you've brought some amazing stories about your time and your transition into Nigeria. Now, we appreciate it very, very much, girl, all the way from Nigeria. Yes, thank you, Miss Portia, for being a guest on Triple Change, the Jackie Robinson Show. And uh, please allow me to keep in touch with you. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. Of course. You have to. I'll be so mad if you don't. Okay. (laughs) You got it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, did I get your information correct where they can get in touch with you? Is that correct? Yep, that's it. All right. You can email me at Portia at So Absolutely. For those that are there in Nigeria and you want to get in touch with Miss Portia Steele, there's her contact information. And for those of us here in the United States or other countries that are interested in information about Nigeria, you can view this podcast and also get in touch with Miss Portia Steele at that information. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Okay. That was Miss Portia Steele, um, our special guest from Nigeria and her fascinating story about how she got from um, America to Nigeria. And, and, and it is, is those things within ourselves that we have to come to some type of decision in terms of whether or not we're going to stay in whatever it is that we're in, allow or allow the inner forces to guide and direct us in the path and the direction in which we are supposed to go. And she made that choice and went all the way over to Nigeria. She took a trip of change and that's what trip of change is about the jackie robinson show uh we seek world travelers of all ages retirees expats and those in the airline industry who travel the world because we want to know what is going on in these other countries a lot of times we get stuck in our own environment but we do within us have the desire and wants and and need to uh, go other places and and meet other people. And so if you've been there and you've done that, uh, like Miss Portia has, you know, come back and tell us about the culture, the food, the architecture, the museums, the natural wonders, their fashions. We saw some amazing fashions um, in Nigeria. What about their city? and social life and the beaches. So if you've ventured out to any one of these countries all over the world and you want to be a guest on the Triple Change Podcast, go out to our website at triplechangepodcast.com and click on Be a Podcast Guest on the menu. 
um upcoming i've got a special announcing uh, announcement upcoming episode next thursday we will be live streaming from new york city that's right the caribbean connection celebrates caribbean american heritage month all of we is family is the theme and i will be with my good friend miss loretta green williams who is the senior vice president for global branding and cultural wellness for the Caribbean magazine so that's next thursday we'll be live streaming from new york city so i want to bring in my guest one more time let me see are you there i may have lost her but again thank you um for joining us uh on our show we got uh a shout out to miss dana um we did a dedication to mrs doris hollis pemberton in recognition of uh juneteenth which is tomorrow um there she is hey yeah i wanted to bring you back in one more time since you're coming all the way from nigeria to thank you again for being on the show we appreciate you so much you have something you want to say yes i number one i really appreciate it this was so fun i'm so happy yes if you guys are thinking about writing a book or you have a manuscript on your hard drive and you've done nothing with it don't worry you could just tap in with me and i'm here to help you birth your book baby like i said i get and make sure that we create something amazing by tapping into who you are and having those discussions and coaching you through the entire process of you becoming an author and beyond. So if you're interested, it never hurts to have a conversation. It is free. So just make sure you tap in with me and let's talk. Absolutely, because there may be some things I thought about you might be able to help us with uh, with the trip of change. So we would definitely be in contact and there's her contact information. And again, I am so honored and blessed to have you all the way from Nigeria, girl. Triple Change went international with this show. <laughs> we we like Pitbull. We like Pitbull. We were in a Miss International. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yes, and that has been our amazing show with Miss uh, Portia Steele uh, in Nigeria. Um, now, we want you to go over onto our website because now uh, Miss Steele is an ambassador of influence for Triple Change. We have designated her an ambassador of influence, yes. And we will be bringing you more information about what she's doing over there in Nigeria. Um, and so go out to our website at tripofchangepodcast.com to read amazing stories, get our podcast schedule, listen to previous podcast episodes, and learn about life in other countries. Until next time, keep smiling and take a trip of change.